What is up, guys? Four Corners, we are back again, making podcasts, sometimes. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Ray Vaughn. Ray, sweet baby Ray on Discord. Uh, Ray Vaughn Hackshaw on Twitter. I am joined by my co-host, Peter since 88 How you doing, my guy? I'm doing good. You know, spring is in the NBA air, I guess summer, but, you know, NBA calendar is a little different than school, right? But uh, have you escaped the Florida Keys or did they did they claim you? I got out. Ah, alive. <laughs> Are the Florida Keys still with you? Um, You know, three days was was just right. You know, there's only so okay. many restaurants right on the water you can go to. Fair, fair. Uh, any good food? Um, nothing, nothing memorable. No, not, I mean, I live in the world. I'm spoiled. Come on, man. That's fair. That's fair. You're right. I mean, how could it even compare? I understand. But you know, interesting tidbit that Floridians will know and nobody else will. Did you know that Key West is famous for key lime pie? Why? Yeah. I mean, there's like random corner stores that just sell key lime pie. I guess that's where it originated. Is it? Did it though? We gotta I, we gotta look this me. up. We got okay. Okay. They if they if they said it, you know, I mean Florida hey, needs next, something. Next time we talk to Damon, he can confirm. That's true. Uh Florida needs something to uh take some pride in anyway. So uh good for them. <laughs> yeah. Good for them. Uh so today we are gonna, you know, the draft. It is probably gonna be tomorrow night when you're listening to this, you know, towards the night before draft day. And uh, we want to talk about some of our thoughts, you know, at the moment, predictions, looking ahead in terms of uh, both player specific and more general conceptual kind of events that might happen. Uh, So first thing, the Denver Nuggets, as of June 21st, uh, have two picks in this draft, 21 and 30. First things first, I think, uh, Peter, do you think we both, do you think we take both of these picks? Do you think we bring in two rookies onto the 2022-2023 Denver Nuggets roster? Um, It would really shock me. I mean, I guess there's a possibility that we'd make two draft picks on Thursday, but you would have to think at least one of them gets moved in a deal either Thursday or later in the offseason because... I just don't think you want to bring in two rookies with a core that's pretty much said to everybody that it's championship or bust now. Fair, fair. Would so you said you'd be surprised. Would you be disappointed? Like, would you be upset? Uh, so it actually de- would depend on the players we take. Um, okay. If we take two projects, I'll be super confused. But <laughs> I do two think more bowl this holes. is. I do think this is a deep role player draft. I really do. I think there's plenty of guys in here that can contribute and can spe- can specifically contribute uh, in ways that we need. I kind of feel like we take both picks. That's Ooh. just where I'm at. That I, I think it's more likely than not. That's kind of actually. a contrarian take. Well, I mean, I think about it for these reasons is that like, kind of like you said, uh, the role players in this draft are pretty numerous. And I think we could, I, even if it was uh, something a little redundant, like taking two sort of polls at the small forward lottery, I mean, 
I wouldn't be upset, first of all. Right. And I think you really it is I think it is possible that you can find two players in this draft that, you know, maybe they're not um and I think I have to caveat this with most rookies don't play in the playoffs, you know, right. meaningful, high leverage minutes, that sort of thing. But I do think rookies can have a positive impact on a team winning a championship in this way. I think they can kind of get you there a little bit healthier. You know, when I look at, for example, with Golden State this year, um, with Jonathan Kuminga, I, I feel like while he did not play, Fresh you legs. know, deep into the playoffs, I think he allowed, you know, Andrew Wiggins to he didn't have to be playoff Wiggins. Is that a thing now? Playoff Wiggins. He didn't have to be who he was this playoffs all year, you know. Right. And, and I think a big part of being able to yeah. have that leap and have that jump is just having like fresher legs and not having those miles and not uh it, it's not binary. It's not like this player is burned out or injured or whatever or not. It, it's it's a Every little, every minute that they play, every mile they have to jog, every shot they have to take, every time they have to box out, it all kind of adds up in a cumulative way. So I could see, uh, for example, you know, we don't think we we don't talk about centers a lot because there we have Nikola Jokic and we've had yeah. Boogie Cousins and maybe we are going to get a veteran. I do think having uh, if you at 30, you know, you take a big man who can just, it doesn't have to be, you know, the next Magic Johnson. It doesn't have to be the next Kareem, you know, just a guy who can do the basic things, uh, rebound, protect the rim somewhat because you are a center uh, and, and have some offensive utility as far as whether you're a rim roller or a space, a floor spacer or what have you. Uh, anything that can give Jokic Anything that allows him to play 70 games instead of 80 games, I think is really meaningful, even if they're not, even if they specifically aren't playing in the playoffs. And I think the same would be true for uh, Aaron Gordon and and Michael Porter, for uh, Jamal Murray, and and even I think for Bones Highland, probably, you know, uh, having, uh, I mean, it doesn't matter as much because obviously he is one of those guys who's like, he's not a huge piece, but uh, up and down the roster, I think if you can be fresh, that has determined so much in the playoffs. You know, as far as uh, whether it's being healthy at all or or just being having the gas to keep going. Right. Yeah, that's that's important. And um, I wanted to ask you about just sort of conceptually how you look at draft picks because one thing I know you've been big on the last couple of years is you want the young guys to play in the regular season because they, so they can get the reps, you know, get the, get that development. Um, mm-hmm. You know, bones, he finally got to play more as the season went on, you know, in part because of injuries in part, because he played well and in part because somebody didn't play that well. Um, well, I, it's, I give a lot of credit to bones. Yeah. Like specifically for being yeah, more ready coming, than any rookie probably could be because it's not like, you know, if they had taken a center last year, he probably would have played. You know, they only have Nicola. Uh, so, right. but like, can you be bigger Bones, than Michael Green? <laughs> Bones had to outplay like five guys, basically. To, That's very true. I mean, he had to outplay Faku. He outplayed Marcus Howard. He outplayed Davon Reed. He outplayed Austin Rivers to some extent. 
you know, to well, the if point you remember, where... you know, you know, when I had my first inclination that Bones actually might get to play this year, the first week of camp, the Nuggets video guy did that video asking just like everybody on the team who's got the best handles. And like half the people said Jamal and the other half said Bones. And I was like, you guys are already crowning a rookie like this. Like this guy must be pretty good. He, he that's that's true i mean i wouldn't i don't know if i put jamal as like top tier handles but right even so like that's really meaningful you know for a rookie yeah. and for any um sort of just unfamiliar new addition like if they added if they added Kyrie irving next week and you <laughs> ask the same question i mean maybe people would say Kyrie, but at the same time i don't know how many i don't know if he would have the same like make the good impression that it takes to even be brought up in that kind of like goodwill conversation. Yeah. But so what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is when you look at guys who are in the draft. Yeah. I know you're not a big college guy. Like you're not watching a lot of the games, but when you hear that guys like Wendell Moore, Christian Brown, you know, made the final four, they were like good pieces on winning teams. Does that mean anything to you? Like, do you, does it, is it like a sample size to be like, hey, this guy actually could play a role and win in college? He's more likely to help us. Or do you, do you think it's like overrated and we should just be focusing on the talent? That is interesting. It's got to be a balance. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, talent, I think at the end of the day, should be priority where you should be, if you don't have talent, it doesn't matter if you're willing to be a role player, if you're not good at basketball. For but sure. at the same time, it's definitely a plus to see a player who is um, can buy in, willing to take a back seat. Yeah, especially if it's on a higher level team. Mm-hmm. You know, if it is on for for um, like like you say a, a team that goes to the final four, that's a little bit different than say a team that is uh, knocked out in the first round. You know, and. and this is a guy who, okay, he's willing to play a role for a team that got knocked out in the first round. I think that comes off a little bit differently or even further on that scale, a guy who like doesn't play his freshman year, you know, yeah. or just comes into the draft just having not, not even, not even cracked a rotation in a meaningful way. I mean, it doesn't really matter on the other end. I don't know if I care how much talent this player is perceived to have if, you know, he doesn't have like yeah. any kind of sample size or any See, kind of real role. That's a fair answer. I actually put a little more stock in it than you do because what I think is the hardest thing to determine about draft guys is the guys that are studs at like lower level competition, right? Like, yeah, with John Morant, it was obvious there were still questions. It's like, wait, why did this guy go to Murray State? But like with Bones right. Highland, it was a complete question mark. You're like, wait a minute, this guy played at VCU, good school, but right. still mid mid major, right? And the big guy this year is uh, Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. Everybody's like in love with him, and he might be really good. I don't know, but my question is like, dude's playing at Santa Clara. You know, I didn't watch <laughs> him all season, so I think that's know. where your like evaluation talent comes in as far as like scouts, and you just have to like yeah. go watch him play and yeah. see if you think this translates or if it doesn't, you know? And it could, like, you know, CJ McCollum, small school, um, Dame Lillard, even people didn't really know who he was coming You mean Bones draft. Highland? <laughs> you know, you go and look back in that draft, Dame Lillard was taken, like, three, four spots too lo- too lo- late. Um, 
So there's yeah. always going to be mistakes in the draft. I mean, this stuff is really hard, you know, because you got guys from all over the map coming in. But right, you know, I think I, if you have if, if there's a guy who you know is talent, like if it's clearly like this is the most talented player, yeah, I say take him. Yeah, I'll put it that way. I can definitely I guess say that. There's so there's one more thing that I need to differentiate. You mentioned how it's a good thing if a guy can take a step back and be part of the team. I'm still always curious about those guys, if they're going to want to get to the NBA and be like, okay, now I can show what I could do versus a guy that I'm going to talk about again later, Christian Brown on Kansas, six, seven wing, good shooter, good defender. Mm -hmm. That's what he's done his whole career. Like he wasn't like some top level McDonald's all American recruit. He's basically been an elite role player for three years and is now rising up draft boards because he was so good, and then they won. So it's like, to me, at least I know for sure this guy is not going to get to the NBA and be like, give me the ball. Yeah, I mean, I think that's even more I, – I, I'd agree. Like, that's more of a – not a sure thing because, like, there's the whole of the player, but being right. confident about their ability to play within a – not within a system because I think that has a connotation to it, but – Still, to be um, a part of something that's bigger than themselves. Um, right. Yeah, if they have a longer history of it, as opposed to, like, if a guy with Michael Porter Jr.'s talent, like, all of a sudden, maybe he goes to a Kentucky and he has to take a back seat. Like, yeah, right. Maybe he would want to recapture, like, oh, I was an All-American XYZ right. uh, sort of deal. And, and to me, I think that's the hardest uh, two guys to evaluate is like the Duke and the Kentucky guys because each team can only have one alpha, right? So it's like Cam Reddish goes to Duke, is billed as a star. He's kind of like third place there. And then he goes to NBA, still gets drafted in the lottery because it was like, oh, he's so talented. And now it's kind of like, well, you know, his flaws look to have been real. And he still might end up figuring out. But he was getting like Paul George comps and he hadn't really done anything. So it's like, this stuff is so hard, man. You know, and then I look at yeah. the other two guys on Duke this year, Wendell Moore and uh, AJ Griffin. And, uh, you know, Moore has been there for three years. So he's already kind of had to humble himself and he's been a good role player. And uh, he's a guy you should really look into more because I've seen some people kind of comp him to Gary Harris. He's actually, I guess, even a little bit longer than Gary. Um, Which is and nice. then Griffin is a guy I'm really worried about because every time I hear this guy talked about as a top 15 pick, People always make the excuse for him. Well, he wasn't their best player, so they didn't run stuff through him. They ran stuff through Paolo Bancaro. And I'm like, yeah, Paolo's better, but that doesn't mean, like, you can't be aggressive. Right. Nor does it, like, prove that he his that we he just don't is know. in a bigger role that yeah. he'll be better. Right. Yeah. So that's you really have to do your homework at that point, right? It's like – Or if he'll have a bigger role. What is know? this guy going to be for you in the NBA? So – it, it might be different if you're, uh, for example, with Bol Bol, if you take him and you've got nobody on your team and you can just let him right. sort of figure himself out. Well, if you're the Nuggets, yeah. do you have that kind of time and space? I mean, you have a G League team now, which you should have had for years. So well, I think that also factors in for me a little bit where if depending on, you know, if you get a guy for now and you get a guy for later, maybe if that's something that, if that's the kind of approach they want to take, I could understand it in the sense that at least they've got like a place to send him. 
that he, A, isn't going to get signed to another team, and B, uh, the Nuggets are going to need cheap, talented players for sure for the duration, like for the next four years. Uh, you know, they if they aren't able to sort of fill out those sorts of pieces, they're going to be the kind of team that uh, pulls in like, hey, Trevor Ariza, like what's going on oh, with no. you, buddy? Exactly. It, it might not be Trevor Ariza, but it's going to be, be like the right. 2020. The 2023, the 2024, the 2025 versions of Trevor Ariza. Bring and, and so, <laughs> I okay. Sidebar. Would you would you be mad though? No, would, I mean, I th- I would be. Happy. I don't think like, Moch oh. would actually play him in crunch time, so I'm okay with it. No, but I mean, I think he's better than Jeff Green. And they're different. As long as he can teach Michael Porter how to, you know, <laughs> play, play in a the mid post. Yeah, get that. Yeah. You know, I mean that, that is what he was fade away on. down to create some space without just like turning and firing. Yeah, um, but why don't we make some picks? So you think we're going to keep the picks? If we draft the twenty-one, who would you like? Of who? Of realistically, who's still going to be available? Who would you like to see? It is. It's tough to know because there's so much variety. Like it's. I'm yeah. not saying it's a bad. It's like a bad draft, but it's not the most uh, steep drop off in this sort of range. Yeah, it's, but, it's all over the place, man. I've seen guys that are like 30 different spots on their range. If I had to... Okay, I'm going to give a caveat. There's a player I would be the most confident in. Mm-hmm. And there's a player that I would be the most excited about at 21. Okay. And they're they're different. I think most confident in is probably EJ Little, Liddell. Okay, like lowest bust potential. You mean? Yeah, I think if you take a guy like that, who I mean, you, he does kind of present as a guy who could be like a backup center option, but who can also still play with other players. Mm-hmm. I could see that being, you know, Malone's going to get him into the sort of like defense, defensive culture. I think he'll fit right in. I think he. Uh, will probably push. I don't. I'm not gonna say he'll push Zeke Naji for minutes. I mean, maybe he will. I mean, Zeke's been so like uh, up and down in his career, but I, I feel confident saying he would be top four okay. in the forward rotation. I mean, maybe. I don't know if he would be. Uh, what else is his competition? Is like Vlaco, if he's right. back, and he might not be. Um, so it's kind of him or Jeff Green, I think. So I would be comfortable with him. And then as far as players I would be excited about, it's Nikola Jovic. I know it's not it's not like uh, a thing I I don't think this will happen. It would just be the most fun. It would be the most sort of like uh intriguing, you know, it's if there's a, like I mentioned earlier, like a guy for now and a guy for later, um, hopefully you take a guy at 30 who is for now. <laughs> because, I mean, I'm really interested in, in what Nicola can do and how he can sort of cur- add to what I think the best version of the Nuggets can be. And, and that's uh, a lot of flexibility, a lot of guys who can you know, have length and size, but also are still able to roll out rotations that have redundant 
see in terms of like passing, uh, playmaking, guys who can put the ball on the floor when asked to. Uh, I would feel excited about that. So, yeah, I like his game. I like his ceiling. I like his measurables. Um, unfortunately to me, he's he's just not a fit for the Nuggets like in their timeline, right? Like he's a guy he's going to take some time. Um, yeah, and he's just he's not as good defensively as some of the other options. So he's a guy that probably wouldn't really see minutes if we took him. This so, would be like a Tim Connolly pick. Like I can yeah, totally absolutely. see him being the most talented player in this range. And you know what? The Timberwolves might take him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I could see the Spurs taking him. I mean, that would yeah. also be a place where I could see him going and kind of thriving. And That'd be good for him too, like low pressure situation. Right. You've got great coaching, great culture. Uh, and I think it, it's a place where there's lots of room for him to sort of excel. I mean, he doesn't have too much competition, I think. Um, and there, nobody's watching them. Like, he can be right. bad for a year. And it's, like you said, no pressure. But uh, who, who are some of your favorites? Yeah. So for the pick we have at 21, it's so tough because almost all the guys I like are either already off the board or they're like slated to go later so i mean or it's like how do you do like a trade maybe somebody falls or do i even know so i'm just going to give you a guy that i i know for a fact is going to be gone but i just love his game uh jeremy sochan from baylor he's like six nine forward and this is a guy that they never run plays for him but he always is around the basket like getting offensive rebounds putbacks he's um I haven't seen this comp, but he actually reminds me a little bit of Kenneth Fareed. Like, interesting. Always somewhere, you know? And, you know, he can't shoot a lick, but he's actually a much better defender than Fareed. So, yeah, I was going to say that that seems to be. I hate uh, when people use this comp, but some people have compared him to Draymond. I'm just like, there really isn't many comps to Draymond out there. But if you can be like 80% of Draymond, you can really help a team. So, yeah. What uh, the mostly the takes I've seen in Nuggets uh, Nation is like, oh, well, he's redundant with Aaron Gordon. And to me, it's like, wait a minute. Why is it bad to have multiple good defenders? Like- I think that's <laughs> so true. Like, I, I think people hear the idea of redundancy and it's automatically a bad thing. Right. I think it depends on what kind. You know, it's do like you Aaron's want. not going to play 48 minutes. For example, the Nuggets last year or this past season had a lot of redundancy for offensive uh, guards who can. They love small guards, yeah. Yeah, maybe they're they have their skill; they can pass and dribble and sometimes shoot. Uh, but yeah, so that would be a can't trade-up. do we'd that. Have to, yeah, we'd have to like move a move somebody with a pick to get him. But I I just think he's like out of all the guys out like past that top four to me he's like Mm -hmm. i'd be shocked if this guy's bust that's fair uh i feel like it what do you think our prospects are you know when you say 21 and 30 what do you think that actually gets us as far as trying to move up um i feel like the ceiling there is kind of like 16 maybe you can get 15 but i don't think you can get in the lottery with with 21 and 30. I, don't think I so. tend to agree because like a lot, a there's a lot of teams looking to sort of either move up in the draft or yeah. trade picks for players like a win now player. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, what I could it's... see happening, what I could see happening, Ray, is, you know, the Wolves, they got to pick, I can't remember if it's 18 or 19, but there are a couple spots ahead of us. So I could try to yeah. see us trading for, like, the 17th pick just so that we can jump ahead the Wolves because you have to Pure think that, the, that Conley was already talking about, like, who we're targeting. So it's like Calvin and Conley, they all know what each other want. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a mind game now of do we really need this player or – or, you know, are we just wasting our time right now because we're just going to trade the pick anyway? <laughs> fair, fair. Hmm. Yeah, I because um, it also seems like I don't know if how many teams are excited about another late round pick here. I'm not right. sure. Um, but, um, it doesn't. I would like to mention, guys, that I think I would like for pick 30 if we keep that pick before sure. we get yeah. into, like, trade stuff. Um. What's so on already, your mind? Yeah, we've already talked about him. But uh, I think Wendell Moore, I think he fits. He's a good shooter and a good defender. Um, you know, he, he would have times where he floated in and out, but I don't think he'd come in and start right away or anything. He'd be like a, you know, maybe he plays more by the end of the year if you really need him uh, for defense or something. And then I love Christian Brown from Kansas. Like, this is my guy. And I've seen that he's just been mocked so low. And the thing – I have to go on a small rant here. So the thing okay. that everybody doesn't like about him is his wingspan, all right? His wingspan is 6'6". Six, six. He's 6'7 tall. So if you think about all the players that the Nuggets have had recently, do we have a lot of guys that are 6'7 playing three? I mean, no. Michael Porter I mean, is taller than that. And Michael, Gordon. After, after that, that's pretty much it. So – Here's my quick rant on wingspan. Is wingspan important? Yes. But I think we've gone too far because I'm going to have to nerd out here for a sec. So when you talk about defense, what's the most important thing about defense, right? Being in position. What's the second most important thing about defense? Being able to stay in position. Move your feet. (laughs) So if you can move your feet, then you're going to be able to do a decent job of stopping the offensive player from what they want to do. If you have a longer wingspan and you're good at moving your feet, you can be a great defender. If you have a long wingspan and you don't know what the hell you're doing, does it even matter? No. Here's my example. All right. Throwback for Nuggets fans. Chris Birdman Anderson. What did he do? He came in the game and he blocked shots, right? Was he a good defender? He was okay. He was pretty good. But would you want him starting? No, you wouldn't. Kenny Martin was a much better defender. But Chris Birdman Anderson was a couple inches taller, probably had longer arms. So guess more what? Athletic. He's going to have more blocks. Yeah. But so just because you have more highlight plays doesn't make you a better defender. Um, if you can move your feet and you can be in position and box out, you can still be a good defender. You might not get a ton of blocks and steals, but the Nuggets just need competent defenders at this point. I'm not even saying he's going to be a shutdown guy. I'm just saying you can't just completely be out on a guy because he doesn't have a big wingspan. So Chris, as far as Christian Braun goes, I feel like, kind of to your point, it means a lot just to be able to play the small forward position or the shooting guard position with that kind of size. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not going to have a lot of competition uh, as far as guys who can also fill that role. I mean... At small forward, um, I mean, I, I pretty much assume Zeke Naji is is locked into playing power forward at this point. 
Um, and we've got Mike and we've got Aaron and it's Jeff Green, I'm guessing is next. And so uh, can Christian Brown outplay Jeff Green for minutes? Especially in the regular season, I think he can. I mean, if he's going to be able to sort of uh, be competent defensively and, 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 you know, exceed Jeff's sort of um, indomitable neutrality, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't see why he can't find a role and find minutes uh, at the very least in the regular season, if not in the playoffs. I mean, we just need bodies at this point. I also just remembered I just wanted to give you like one more tiny nerd tidbit about Wingspan. So okay. think about this now. Wingspan is we already we know what it measures. It's how are how far is you from fingertip to fingertip across, right? Right. Like we always talk about, oh, Bones Highland's only six three, but his wingspan is six nine. Yeah, he's but, got but, like he reminds me of Rondo. But think about this now. So if you're six three and you're six nine. Your standing reach is going to be the same as somebody who's six six, and their wingspan is six six, right? I just added those three inches in height that I lost in width. So if I'm jumping to block somebody, you're right at about the same same spot. So Christian Brown mm-hmm. has a short wingspan, but if he's six seven, are we have we played a lot of guys that are that tall? At I mean, it's kind of like Mason Plumley. I'm pretty sure has a negative wingspan. I think I looked his up once. I think it's like, yeah, it's like 6'11 or like exactly seven feet. He didn't block a lot yeah. of shots, but he still was a decent but, enough rebounder. Right. You can still, I think you can still play. I don't think it's like, um, at 6'7, you, you're still longer than most of our players. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, I, that's, that's, I mean, I would I'm feel sure fine somebody with could tell me I'm wrong about this, but like, that's just how the math makes sense to me. I trust your like, math. If you're taller, if you have, you're already closer look, to blocking somebody, right? At buckets since '88. <laughs> any any math quandaries? You know, if you if you're gonna if you're gonna correct, you know, that's who you should go to. Uh, do not find me on Twitter. I don't. No, I'm kidding. I love math. Math is fun. Math is useful. Um, Plus, I, I feel like this has been talked about before too. I don't know if it was our show, but have you ever seen those random NBA players who have like really long necks? And you're like, wait a minute, oh, this guy's Poku. 6'11". Poku is the has the longest <laughs> like neck like neck to body ratio in the league. Right. I so stand. he's seven foot, but he plays like a six eight guy, right? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know. I'm not gonna say it's like inherently negative though. Having a long neck, like Bones has a lot of neck. Actually, no. Sorry. I, I Opposite take. Opposite take. We're off the uh, rails, no, Bones has a very has not a lot of neck. I think. That's, that's just my take. Uh, All right. But Night it's corner. fine. Yeah. Male, is this like an offshoot of male form corner? I think so. Oh, man. I mean, I don't think I've never heard someone claim they wanted a longer neck or a shorter <laughs> neck. You know what I mean? Right. People have wanted to be taller. They wanted to be shorter. They want short. You know, they there's lots of things. Everybody wants to. You know, I want to bulk up or whatever. Nobody, nobody right. comes to me like, Ray, man, I hate, I hate how long my neck is. It's, it's awful. <laughs> but you know, it, maybe you look a little goofy. That's all. That's about it. Yeah. Um, so, can I tell you about uh, an undrafted guy? Sure. A sleep, a sleeper, if you will. Okay. So, if you're out there and you have not looked this guy up, uh, Kai Soto. Is a seven foot three, two hundred and thirty five pound twenty year old, 
uh, who has spent the uh, who has been playing in the uh, Australian League in the NBL, and I, whether he comes to Denver or not, I'm really interested in his career. Okay. I. I think that's your favorite league outside the NBA. I mean, I think it is the. <laughs> I mean, I'll put it this way: when it comes to finding guys who, you know, are going to be able to translate to the adult nature of the NBA compared to the, you know, compared to um, what is it? The NCAA, I should say the college game. I like, I like Australia a lot. You know, I, I feel like the guys who come over from there are, they might be young. They might be 17. They might be 18. They might be 19, but you know that they've been playing. I mean, I think this is true in Europe as well, but knowing that they've been playing against grown adults I think you get used to a certain amount of physicality that I, I think you don't necessarily see when you can only play against other 19-year-olds, other 20-year-olds, other you know, guys that age. Uh, and, and so for Kai Soto, I feel like he plays with a physicality that is a little bit different. You know, I mean, he's built different, but a little bit different than uh, you know other your bowl bowls, for example. You know, guys who. Uh, not only did they not play in overseas, you know, because I think a lot of people, if you ask them, hey, do you wish Bull Bull had played uh, a year or two overseas and then come over? I think they would say yes. Uh, he has that experience. Not only does he have that experience, but he doesn't have the uh, injury history that I think a lot of guys his size have. Uh, he can space the floor. You know, he can shoot the three, he can shoot the mid-range. He, he's very comfortable in that sense. And, and he's... Um, did I mention he's seven foot three? You did. It's very important. Like <laughs> he is like a legitimate NBA center. And I'm really impressed, most importantly, with just his body. You know, when you look at him, yes, he's still he's not uh thick yet, but when you compare his year over year sort of body transformation, I think he's on the path. He's on the right path and sort of doing the right things in ways that I think a lot of NBA centers come into the league not having the sort of wherewithal uh, to be thinking about and working on. So if they, uh, I think he would be a good two-way guy. I'll put it that way. You know, someone who you could bring in who that night. project. Right. Not just, yes. But I also think he could play a little bit. You know, if you've got a rest Jokic, and I think he would give you that ability. Like you're going to rest Jokic against the Orlando Magic or, uh, Mm-hmm. The Knicks, or name your least who's the worst team in the NBA. <laughs> Shots fired. I like it. Uh, I mean, you, this yeah. is the second time you've brought up the Magic as like just some easy team. We lost to them last year. <laughs> I agree, but they're not trying to win. Wait, well, right. here's the thing. I think we we might even be better off resting Jokic on nights like that. Where yeah. this is maybe a tangent, but I think for a championship team, sometimes. Keeping the team engaged means keeping things fresh, means yeah. trying new stuff and, and challenging guys to um, do a little bit more or do something differently. And so this year, I would love to see how the team handles Jokic not playing occasionally. Yeah, we got to get a little better like, at that for sure. The added, the, there's the added benefit that you want Jokic to be as fresh as possible. 
You know, we saw this past season in the playoffs, Jokic can carry you so far. He raises your floor so much. Right. But if we put ourselves in, we, if the Nuggets put themselves in, in these situations where teams can load up on Jokic and ignore everyone else and just exhaust him, uh, like, for example, I think the Lakers did back in the bubble, yeah. or load up on everyone else and make Jokic score 70 points for them to win. Uh, night after night after night. I mean, I For think sure. that gets old, and, and eventually, eventually that well runs dry. So, well, I think I think you and I are on the same page. It's like as great as Jokic is, it's kind of fool's gold to like lose these close games because Jokic can't really play any better. Like, it's not his fault we're losing. You right. need he. Every team needs help to win. Make his like, life easier. Offensively, Curry, Curry played awful in Game Five, right? But the teammates right. had his back. You know, how right. many times did the teammates have Jokic's back this year? Very little. Very little. And so, like, whether it's cutting in a way that Jokic has guys to pass to, and cutting hard, and giving him those opportunities where he doesn't have to be like, okay, time for me to ISO versus uh, the the triple team that they sent against me. Tape, pump fake, double pump fake reverse pivot, kick out to the corner just for someone to brick an open three. You know, let's let's make his life a little bit easier. Uh, maybe he maybe he doesn't need to re- record 19 rebounds a game. You know, that would be nice. I, I could see the value in that. I mean, it's cool. He might be MVP again, uh, but I'd rather see him show up fresh to the playoffs more than I want to see him be MVP a third time. Uh, right. So any, any kind of help, you know, and I think that's also true. You know, it's Mike has a back. <laughs> it's Mike's back. Like, don't let's not uh, four games in five nights. I don't think I want Mike playing. No. For example, uh, Jamal Murray, he's coming off an ACL injury. Let's let's not run him to the ground, you know? Yeah, I don't uh, care about seeding at all next year. Just get just get there. Just get to well, April healthy. Somehow. They're so they're so talented, though, that I think that and they're a good road team. If you do it smart, you know, if you pick your pick the pick the right nights to rest the right players, they could still have a top seed. Like there, yeah. there are absolutely and so Let getting back cook. to like the the challenging nature of it is like if you can have a night where like okay Jamal, to back to back you're gonna have a seat. Bones is starting, and, you know that you challenge the guy will still to come kind to the of, arena. Absolutely. You're challenging a guy. You're giving him an opportunity to step up, an opportunity to grow. Uh, whoever, whoever's behind Bones, I guess, you'll also get an opportunity for minutes. Right. Uh, so there's kind of a cascading effect. And, you know, if there's the added benefit that you, you stay healthy. And, again, if it's against insert bottom 10 team here, I'm really not that worried. I'm not like, oh, wow, we're at such a talent deficit. You know, we won 48 games without Jamal, without Mike, without PJ. Um, I'm not that concerned. Will Barton not playing defense. Like, (laughs) I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about a lot of these teams. And I'm not worried about their seed. I mean, I I think they can have a good seed. They can have a high seed. But I'm not worried about them being like, if they're fully healthy and if they tried, they can win 70 games. I, I would totally believe that. Ooh. That's that's steep. I mean, yeah. If but fully healthy, that they should win. North that's true. But yeah, we'll if see. you sacrifice everything else 
to win yeah. 70 games, they could definitely win 70 games. Like I firmly believe if that was the goal. Perhaps if that's, it's not the goal though. You know, no, there's no, be. there's no, there's no ribbon that you get. We've Congratulations. seen the cost of that, right? Exactly. We've seen the cost of that with Golden State, with other teams that with the Suns this year, you know, yeah. who were like smacking people around on the regular season, you yeah. know, beating yeah, their chest. I, I do making think fun a, of people. I do think that's an underrated factor of that series. Like the Warriors always want to point to Draymond getting suspended. It's like you guys still had three chances to win that series. You lost game five when Draymond didn't play. You got blown out in game six. And then game seven, Curry and Clay couldn't make a shot because you were tired. So, right. So, um, let's do you want to jump into trade talk or do you want to go for a break? Yeah. Well, yeah, break first is fine. All right, water break. We will be right back. And uh, yeah, we'll talk about some trades. And we are back. So we're going to talk about some trades real quick. Uh, We, so, big swings, home run hitters. Who is your, who is or are some of the best guys you can think of that the Nuggets might possibly be able to trade for? So the two big names that are on the trade market, uh, you know, reportedly are Malcolm Brogdon from Indiana and OG Ananobi from Toronto. Now, these are two different players. Uh, The good news is they're both good defenders. OG's much taller he's six seven he's he's more of like a true three he can play four for you in some lineups uh shoots it decently he's not knocked down right he's not mpj but he's also a slightly better shooter than aaron gordon not really much of a creator he's going to be more of a play finisher he's like the typical like three and d you know if he if we add him you can play him next to aaron and mike and just be really switchable everywhere malcolm brogdon is about six four um, he could play the one or the two. He's about the same size as Gary Harris and about as good as defense as Gary, but but better ball handler. He's a little taller, little, right? Probably a little better shooter. Yeah, he might be like an inch or two taller, but I think he's six listed at listed listed at six five. And then like when I watch him, yeah. He can he looks guard, like he can big. guard Devin Booker. You don't want him guarding Kawhi Leonard. No, no. If he's six five. He's yeah. you know, that's not that's not And and so it's it's kind of a fascinating question because if either of those guys are available and it's the same price, what you're asking is, do you care more about defense or do you care more about offense? Because while Brogdon is still a good defender, I don't think he's quite on the level that OG is. And the way I look at the roster construction, Jokic and Murray are so good. They're going to be playing the two-man game at the end of the game anyway. I want that those other guys to be great at defense. So even though Brogdon would give us probably the best offense in the league, I think for playoff basketball, I think I'd pick OG. I think he would make a little more sense. I don't think it's close. And I think for one reason is like the best ability, the best ability is uh, availability. Okay. OG is like a lot healthier, I think career wise than Malcolm in. And I think, for that kind of deal, the thing that scares me with it is like if you're gonna go, th- these are two names that I think are so broadly known, 
and talked about. You know, they're the guys who are, you know, they're in that sports center sort of uh, side bracket thing. If they yeah. still do that, I don't know. Um, if you trade for a guy like that and you give up salary and picks and, you know, he gets, if he's not, if for some reason they become unavailable, uh, you kind of have like, a situation where it's almost like the Kyrie Irving thing where it's oh you 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 took this swing on this guy and he's not giving you the uh you know Kyrie is great Kyrie's one of the best players in the league best handle in the league probably one of the best scorers in the league but you're paying a guy a lot of money if they're not playing a lot isn't that kind of it it's a kind of a big negative uh, whether it's your right. seed at the end of the year or your team chemistry or um, how well, well you make it to point, the end. But with, with Brogdon, just to be clear, it's just injurious. The guy isn't like a characteristic at all. No. It's – oh, yeah. I mean, for Kyrie, I mean, I think about Kyrie's knees. Yeah, like, okay. People talk about like, oh, yeah, the Nuggets. Yeah, he's Point got Garden. multiple I red flags. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not just the, the, the COVID thing. It's that Kyrie – you know, I almost I almost think that this was good for Kyrie as far as that went. Like it like with the being able to sit out two thirds of the season, like mm-hmm. Kyrie's never this healthy <laughs> by the end of the season. Conspiracy corner, I like it. I'm not, yeah, it's not is it a conspiracy? I don't know. It's like it, yes, it's it's a lot you, you show up healthier when you only have to play. Well, but remember games. when he came back, how he was like going off and then people were talking about wait a minute, Bill Simmons was like well, he's only playing basketball like once or twice a week. He should be able to score 45. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Or even uh, it, for him. this is a pretty broad thing. Like, I think about Jeff Green next year. If he's still on the team, yeah, I don't really want to see him playing every night. Right. And it's kind of a similar reason. Like, like I, DH, if, he, yeah. if he's more of a, like, okay, Mike is sitting tonight. Okay, play Jeff. I think it's better for all parties involved. Jeff That's plays better. Point. The Nuggets get more, you know, they get, he might rebound. Like more than once in a game. The Spurs used to do this all the time, right? It's like you're a fifty right. game player now. We'll let the young guys. This will be a young guys game. Yeah, that's, I'd rather have Jeff play like fifty games and be good that is, than play seventy five games and be creaky. Exactly the model I'm kind of I'm, I'm like thinking about and talking about is like it gives other guys opportunities. It keeps everybody healthier. You know, it, as long as guys can like don't have the ego of like, Oh man, I need to do this. I need to start every night. I need to play X, Y, Z minutes. Yeah. It's generally good. You know, the it's uh, it takes a lot. Obviously pop has the cachet both from uh, with the players and with ownership to yeah. do that sort of thing. to where he can say, screw you <laughs> uh, prime time NBA game. <laughs> I'm not playing Manu Ginobili <laughs> or Tony Parker yeah. or something like that. But um you know, so, Mike, like Michael Malone, he's 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 been here long enough. I feel comfortable. Like you can rest, guys. No one, no one on the Nuggets besides Jamal and Mike themselves have anything to prove. Um, right. So, yeah. So to, I mean, to get back on track for the trades yeah. here, just to be clear, those two names are like sky in the pot, pie in the sky. Like I'd be ecstatic. I don't actually expect us to deal for either of them because there's already know. reports that the Wizards and the Knicks are going to offer their top 10 picks for Brogdon and then Ananobi the Blazers already talked about moving their number seven pick for him which I think would be kind of wild 
Right. So I just don't see us having what it takes to get either guy unless we include bones, which I don't really want to do. I'd probably stomach it, but I don't even think that would be enough. So to me, those are like unlikely. If we get either one, I'm going to do a backflip. Like that would be an A plus offseason. But I yeah, think I mean, unless you have anything to add, we're ready to move on to sort of the more realistic tier. I don't even want Malcolm Brogdon. Oh, okay. I mean, not to say that I don't want him in like in a vacuum, but like at his price point, knowing that like they would have to give up everything that they would have to give up, probably bones right. to compete with a with a Washington or other teams like a Portland. Other teams are going to have like I don't think set, I don't think twenty one and thirty matches seven. Um, and knowing all that, and then he shows up and then doesn't play the whole season, I would be livid. I would be uh, like. I would, I would die internally. I mean, not literally, right. but emotionally. OG, at least he would play, I'm pretty sure. And in, right. in sort of, uh, he's, you know, you can get that sort of flexibility. I always love the long boy lineups. If you could throw out, you know, a Jamal, OG, Mike, Aaron, Jokic lineup. It would be weird. It would be different. You might have mm-hmm. to play a little bit differently, but I think it, I'm interested. Um, Height and length makes up for a lot, right? I think so. But so, so to kind of get to like the next tier, like the sort of mid, mid-tier options. Um, is KCP a mid-tier option? I think so. I mean, to me, he's the one that makes the most sense. Like He has the experience. The Wizards need a point experience. guard. If mm-hmm. you can trade Monte Morris for KCP – and maybe we have to throw in a pick. I don't know if we have to throw in. Maybe we have to throw I in 30. Not. But I, I feel like not. if we have to throw in 21 to get KCP for Monte, I feel like that'd be kind of kind of high. Monte is worth more than KCP. Right. But if it's <laughs> like, Will, maybe if it's just the wings straight up, maybe okay. maybe we can avoid having to give up 21 in that. Um, I, I know that Nuggets fans are super low on Will Barton. I think that KCP and Will are very comparable. But I do think, I think that so. KCP fits what we need just a little bit more, assuming Jamal give. can get back healthy, right? Because he's similar shooter, but he's a little bit better defender than Will, and he's a couple years younger. Right. And we've seen him be the two on a championship-level team. So I feel right. like he sort of has the best, quote-unquote, resume for what we actually need from that position. And, like, if you look at, look at the Washington's guard depth, they have Bradley Beal. And that's about it. They have Ish Smith is their only other, like... Who doesn't really play. Right. That's their guard rotation right now. Yeah. So, I I mean, I even think Will Barton, I think, would... While Nuggets Nation hates Will Barton uh, and probably doesn't give him a lot of value, I think if you look at... Just look at his production. Look at, like, the points, the efficiency, the rebounding. At the rim, you know, he's still not amazing but he's getting older um he's a reliable shooter reliable playmaker can kind of do a lot of things play multiple positions i mean mostly play guard for them which i think is good for him uh i think he is better at the sort of combo guard spot and and, uh i i would put him almost on par with kcp as far as trade value i mean he's uh their salary is a little bit similar they're both on expirings um, he's kind of just like he gives he has like gives you like the offensive flexibility that KCP might give you on the defensive side. Um, sure. And I think, you know, 
there's a lot, I think, also to that angle with, you know, him being home, basically. Um, him playing under, not home, but much closer to Maryland, much closer to Baltimore. I think he could find some comfort in that. He's playing under Wes Unseld. I think that's going to be true for both Monte and Barton or whoever they trade, that Wes will be a guy who understands and trusts and kind of uh, will understand how to use those players. Uh, Ray, real, real quick aside, because I know you're familiar with that area. I don't know like what part of Baltimore Will's from, but like, is that commutable? Like, could he live? Oh yeah, in Baltimore and play for the Wizards. Absolutely, it's like okay. It's uh, the commute from Baltimore to DC is shorter than my commute from like where I was. I was living in Boonesboro, which I don't know. If no one knows where that is, but um, it's like fifty minutes, maybe. Oh, that's there's not also that bad. okay. There's it, that's driving. There's also a, there's like a there's a high speed train that goes up and down that sort of corridor. So you can get to New York, you can get to Philly, okay. uh, in pretty short order. And, so that wouldn't uh, even be yeah. like the longest commute in NBA history. I don't know if you know, but no. apparently Kobe lived like so far south in in California yeah, no. that he would like he started the taking whole... a helicopter to practice. <laughs> yeah, he did. That didn't go well. Uh, oh, I didn't mean to get dark there. But... <laughs> it's all right. R.I.P. Um, I, you know, uh, back to get on to <laughs> We're, uh, this is the wrong kind of off the rails. Uh, the whole Northeast is very close. It's not a big deal. He, um, there's the team history. They were the Baltimore Bullets. Um so anyway, Monte Morris, Will Barton, I think both kind of improved their guard depth. Uh, they're looking for, and these are this is just my insight, having a lot of like Wizards friends and being from an area that is like Wizards friendly. Um, they're either looking for like a high caliber point guard like a Malcolm Brogdon, or to like move up in the draft, and. Okay. and um, kind of find their guy in that sense so let's let's close that door let's say the wizards trade for brogdon they're like sorry denver we don't need any of your players good luck yeah we have our roster and plan b we go to the knicks the knicks need a point guard let's assume the knicks strike out they don't get jalen brunson as is rumored they want him they want monte morris who on their roster would even help us like would you want alec burks i mean i think he could help no, us i would not be not as really. excited about alec burks as i would be kcp though i don't i don't want i don't want any nicks really don't want any nicks okay i don't like it's just i mean part it would of it have to be a three-teamer for you a cult yeah part of it might be a culture thing i mean <laughs> hey i mean uh, those guys play hard for him uh, it's yeah it's just what's it if they trade it for Derrick Rose, I mean, if you got Derrick Rose back, I should say, I'd be okay with that. Well, isn't he kind uh, of redundant with, with Bones? Kind of, but if he's... But See, he, he's, he's like he's flexible on, He's getting enough. long in the tooth, too, though. I mean, he's had a yeah, nice research, but he he's, is he's not actually, no spring chicken. He might be in a place where he could be, like, the third point guard or maybe a guy who, like... Bones can play off ball to some extent, you know, if they mm-hmm. can play together off the bench. And I think that could be fine, dynamic enough outside so of who, that. So who's your next mid tier <sighs> trade target? Who do I want? on? I'm just looking at the next roster. Like, no, I don't want this. 
Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm good. No, there's, I mean, not, there's not a lot of fits there. If they're gonna sell, they're gonna sell low on RJ Barrett. Like, okay, I'd be fine with that. If they get Nerlens Noel, um, if he's still, I don't know if he's still under contract, but mid-tier picks. I mean, outside of the sort of you know, I think about last year and the sort of Brent Forbes trade as a like the I don't want to say low tier. Uh, I'm not gonna comment on the Brent Forbes trade in this. We can go back to that if you need to. Um, it's probably like like a Matisse Thibel, like a player who's flawed, obviously, and maybe his team currently doesn't value him as much, uh, and they're willing to kind of come off, come off of him for okay. not too much. We're gonna disagree uh, here. There, see, I have him on the lower tier. I I would like if we I get mean, Matisse Thibel he's for lower. very low price. I'd be cool with that, but if he's like the big move this offseason, I'm gonna be pretty pretty pissed off. Yeah, I, I also I should I should also say this. I love a buy low guy. Sure. Like, I real I I, I uh, as far as like if it I'm gonna addendum this. If in the process of trading for KCP, we got Rihachimura as like that's the kind of guy who like I love. Not that I love that like I think he's perfect, but from like a value perspective. He's interesting. Um, what I think he is very talented. Like he has size, he has athleticism, mm-hmm. he has a lot of offensive flexibility. He can play in the post. He can handle the ball. He can pass a little bit. He the kind can, of guy uh, you want playing next three. to Jokic. I think so, and he comes from like an international background that I think might be more conducive culturally to fitting in in Denver's sort of uh, sure vibe, so to speak. And he had this weird thing that happened to him with the uh, like after the Olympics, where he well, Ray, uh, was really away quick. from the. T- I I, yeah. I want to say I think that's actually a really big point because I think that's something that GMs look at a lot more than we give them credit for or think about when we're talking about player movement and trades and stuff. Culture. Yeah, I mean the Nuggets have to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I. Like remember, I love a couple of years ago guys. we were discussing like should the Nuggets trade for Harden, and a lot of all the ones that actually like have been to Denver were like, who what? was saying that Harden in Denver? No. Oh, you gotcha. You mean just really like enjoying Denver as a place, right? Like that's the basketball also true. Fit is one discussion. They would have still yes. been a good team. Would it have been a, I think a championship? Both. I don't know, but would he actually have wanted to like be in Denver? Both of those things matter. Like, are you willing yes. to play the right way? Which is the thing I was thinking about, like off the top of my head. But also, isn't it hard you to be want all to in be... if you don't like your when you're off the clock? Like that to me, the Kawhi yeah. Toronto thing was like that's like a once in a lifetime win, right? Like he was able to right uh, be a professional and they got it done. But he he didn't want to be there in the first place. I'm kind of surprised that worked out. I mean, they'd have got him for so little though. <laughs> But I you mean, get relative, my concept, right? Relative, it's like usually yes. if a guy doesn't want to be somewhere, it's not going to work out. Yeah, I think to some extent, if a player's, I think some to some extent, players are professionals. You know, they they want their money. Uh, yeah, I guess Iguodala, he was professional for the year that he was here. So, if the, if we traded, for example, like if we went and traded for Jeremy Grant again, oh my, God. I don't think he would stay. See, that would but, be like bad karma, though. Maybe. But uh, if I mean, assuming I feel like he the didn't, rest of the like, league would laugh at us if we did that. <laughs> it depends. Like if it's another cheap, first round if, pick for Jeremy Grant. You, okay, if you traded, th- would you trade thirty for Jeremy Grant? 
Yeah, you probably, probably would. Even if it's just a rental. Like, I think, and then and flip I, them I think, again. Well, <laughs> maybe. Sure. Um, and, and so I think with Kawhi, it was like a similar kind of thing. Like, oh, this lesser version of, of, of an elite small forward and like, what else did they send? I don't really remember. Oh, I'm not saying it was like a bad trade. I'm was simply talking about the culture part of it. How like for sure. I th- so I guess the point is like mitigating they, that they like knew risk. Kawhi could be a professional for a year. And if you can like mitigate the risk by not trading an arm and a leg, you know, at least you're not going to get burned that much. Right. You're saying the cost to like risk was actually okay because the price wasn't too great. Where it's like even if you only right. have it for a year, it might be worth it to go for it. Right, right. And so um, I think that is something Denver should be looking at, though, to get back to the original point is like culture, both on and off the court. Do you like Denver? You know, there are a lot of guys in the league who I think would not be good fits in Denver, James Harden being one of them. But there are some guys who uh, Kevin Durant, you know, I think has said a lot of good things about I'm not not trying to plug Kevin Durant here, trade for Kevin Durant or something like that at this time. But he's said good things. And I think the kind of guy he is. I kind of feel like he would. He would just. It's you know he would enjoy the chill vibes of, of maybe, uh, but yeah. Sorry to knock you off track. You were talking about uh, Rui Hachimura. Uh no. I I mean that's that's most of it. There's um, arguments for Rui Hachimura. I think he so basically I think he's just undervalued. Uh, okay. The Wizards have a lot of forwards, basically that they need to play and find room and minutes for. Uh, they have Chris Epps Porzingis is obviously like numero uno for them, and he's kind of the guy who they want to give the space and time to like, he's going to have this ball. The ball is going to be in his hands a lot. And uh, he came on, I don't want to say he played well, but he played, he raised his stock to some extent towards the end of last season, I think relative mm-hmm. to where he was, which I don't know how much that is saying, but uh, they've got Kyle Kuzma who had, I hate to say this because he's, I think a lot of nuggets, Nuggets <laughs> Nuggets fans don't want to hear this. Kyle Kuzma is good. Is this a Nuggets or a Wizards podcast? This is me <laughs> bringing uh, third some outside perspective into – I'm just going – I'm just – this is – it's contextual. It's contextual. Kyle Kuzma is good. He had a great season. Had uh, I think he was like second in clutch shooting, which is crazy. Um, Dang. I know. I Should know. I dye my hair too? <laughs> yes. Will I become more clutch? We should – we should. You should. I should. I'll. I'll dye my beard. I'll dye my beard. I'll, Actually, I'll do that. If I can't for my work, but oh well. <laughs> fair. Fair. Um, they've got two guys who are kind of on the young side who they really like and want to develop in Corey Kispert and Denny Abdia. And they've got Rui Hachimura. So, I kind of feel like one of these. What I don't want to say one's got to go, um, because I think with the cool thing about having sort of these these sorts of long kind of flexible players is that you can play them in a lot of different ways. And if they wanted to use them all, even if it's going to be a little unorthodox, I think they could. Right. But I think he's under, you, he, he's more gettable than I think, like, for example, a Malcolm Brogdon or, or some other depth oh, yeah. wing upgrade we could get, right. uh, we could go for. And it's kind of in the bag of you're already trading for KCP. So maybe you can work something out. He makes $6 million. It's within our trade player section. So, um, right. He's more of your flyer option. It's not like he's the solves your offseason problems guy. You're saying it's more of like a secondary throw in part of the deal. He's, uh, yeah, he's not the like perimeter defender. That's KCP, obviously. He's not a backup center. 
Um, but he's a healthy depth forward. Is, he's a healthy forward who is talented, and he has done. He's he's not like a rookie. You know, right. he's going into his fourth year, which I think he's going to be closer to like putting it together than, but also while still having two more years of team control than I think a lot of players we could find. Sure. Um, so that's my spiel about Rihachimura. I you can you can tweet at me for that if you if you don't if you don't agree. Rayvon Hackshaw, go ahead, do it. I dare you. Um, I like it. Who? I don't know if there are too many guys who I think of as like in the same way who who aren't really talked about, and maybe this is just me not being as as uh, undervalued. Like guys buried on benches. Guys buried on benches. Yeah, undervalued. It's hard. In that way. You got to be like a diehard NBA like watching film at the wee hours yeah. to know this. You got to be like, yes, yeah, so you have to be adjacent to. You it. have to be Tim Conley finding Will Barton on Portland's bench, and even like. Especially at that, at the forward spot. Especially, it's hard to find who. How many teams have yeah. too many forwards? Yeah, who are not all power forwards? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, wings play. Many. Wings play. Wings go. Wings are valuable. So I think. Do you? I don't know. Is there anyone else you wanted to? You've been thinking about wanted to throw out there. No, I'm sure. I'm sure there's some guys we're missing, but at this point, I think. I think we've gone on long enough. I think it's ready. I think it's time for let the draft play out and then uh, react afterwards. Yes, this this has been a short podcast. <laughs> this is our you know short our area of expertise. Yes, short for us. It's all relative. Short. I mean, everything is relative now that you think about it. Now that I yeah. think about it. Um, so yeah, we will be. I so um, my so I'm gonna stick to my bet. You know, to put on our little like wage, our little take board. That is you think we're keeping purely theoretical? Okay. I think they're making both picks. I think they keep them at least wow. through camp, training camp. I'll say we trade one Thursday. Okay. Any any more detail than that, or you just think just one they trade somewhere? I think I think there's going to be a deal with the Wizards, and I think that we have to throw in a pick to get what we want. Do you think it's gonna? So, do you think it's just Monte and KCP? I would vomit. I, I, I just like I don't know. I don't know. I just yeah, got a okay. feeling that Cal, Calvin's a rookie GM and that he's gonna feel pressure to get something done. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. You know, I I don't really know for sure what the deal is. I just there is a long history of Wizards Nuggets trades. Yeah. And do you think and Nene Javale? You know that was big. Oh yeah. That was a big one. Um, did we? Tra- I, no, we didn't trade them. Isaiah Thomas. He just ended up there, right? Right. He just ended up there. Ty Lawson just ended up there for a little while. He um, played for the Wizards. He did. He did play oh. for the Wizards. Yeah. Yeah, we traded him to the Rockets, <laughs> so he must have found his way there later. Yeah, he did. Um, what do you think? Okay, so what do you think that trade is going to be? Obviously, I think I think I'm the only one who's like, yeah, I just thought, just get Rui somehow. Uh, do you think I mean, it's just Barton? I, I, it might just be Barton for KCP, and we give him a pick. But if they really want Monte, yeah. then, uh, I mean, would we roster both KCP and Will? I, I feel like that'd be a little weird. I see where you're coming from with that. I also feel like Barton and work. a pick for K. 
do I want to trade Barton and a pick for KCP? I don't know if I, I do. Know. Like, I don't know if I don't, versus like uh, maybe if it's thirty. That right. I mean, because it's it's thirty, I mean, but still. They it's, find, it's such like, a weird. It's such a weird a, place where Nuggets fans are with Will Barton, right? Because it's like I agree with you. It's a bad deal to give up an extra pick for comparable players. But if we do nothing, Nuggets fans are going to riot. Or, I mean, I don't. I don't care about people's opinions. But, right. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, can you? Would you rather have KCP or Will Barton and like? I guess, yeah. I mean, it depends on who the draft pick is, but some. I actually want to put this option. on record. I'm perfectly fine with keeping Will Barton. I, I still like him with our healthy lineup. I like him coming off the bench. <laughs> right. I don't. I, I mean, if he's like in that, if he's like the fifth starter, I think that's just like. You you don't need to be here. But they do need. Uh, more I mean, depth. you don't need you to be can't here. Can't have Will Barton playing seventy-five games next year. He needs to be on the Jeff Green plan somewhat, like you mentioned earlier. If you want him healthy in the playoffs, yeah, I think so. And he um, down again. or just playing fewer minutes, that would also go a long way, you know. Yeah. Uh, Moch is one big. Which flaw. you could definitely. It, but it, it, it's it's like it's up to him. Is like what's his ego? Where is he at with that? Is like he right. is because. And he's going into a contract year, so now he's going to want to play. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you (laughs) how long ago it was. I'm a starter in this league. Was that three years ago, two years ago? Uh, I I, I don't know. We shall see. We shall see. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, It should be fun. I mean, do you you watch the draft? Oh, I I watch it as best I can. Get home as fast as I can. Turn on the pre-shows. Watch both rounds. Take it all I'm in. Almost, I'm kind of in the Jokic camp of just like, let me know what happens. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, I am sure if I'm online, it will permeate to me. You're the guy out actually getting Taco Bell during the second round when the – I don't go to Taco draft. Bell. Oh, okay. I go to – I will go to any – any random taco truck before I would go to Taco Bell. Like this is just this is the Taco Bell is not real food. Um, it's like I mean maybe we have to do like a fast food draft because like Taco Bell for me is like a three out of ten. Uh, it's it's just above school. Lunch. Oh yeah, no, I don't eat that much. I was just trying to compare to Jokic. You know, he got drafted during the Taco Bell commercial. Oh, I didn't know. I uh, <laughs> none of us knew. Jokic didn't know. I didn't know. But, right. That is that's cool. Oh yeah, well you. I mean that's a very Jokic. So I should expect you to know. <laughs> Fair, yeah. Um, maybe I'll watch this one. We'll see. All right. uh, but yeah, we appreciate you uh, listening to all of this. If you've made it this far, you are the real MVP. Um, I don't know how many people I've dubbed the real MVP in my life, but you're one of them. <laughs> anyway, if um, <laughs> we're Looking forward to have a few more guests on the show in the coming weeks. If uh, you want to contact us on Twitter and you have a particular uh, topic you'd like to discuss, something about where the league is or where the Nuggets are or, or anything you feel really passionate about, truth be told, uh, hit us up at Four Corner Pod on Twitter or uh, my or Peter's personal Twitter accounts, um, Bucket Since eighty eight, Rayvon Hackshaw. Uh, I am also on Discord or on Reddit. Don't don't find me on Facebook. I mean, you can, but I'm not going to respond. 
<laughs> like, I don't open Facebook. I'm not a boomer. So Twitter, please. Thank you. Have a great day. Go Nuggets. And uh, enjoy the draft.